You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. This is episode 184 of Canadians Connection, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Michael. Good to have you back in the host chair. Uh, after a very, very busy week uh, with the trade deadline and, and uh, lots of player movement uh, throughout the league. Yeah, uh, this is always one of my favorite times during the year. And uh, no, uh, the Canadians did not disappoint. There was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have that for you here in episode uh, 184. Uh, let's call it the Guillaume Latendresse edition. Uh, <laughs> up till now, the only player to wear number 84 for the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, of course, um, Guillaume Latendresse uh, was was a player who who um, was a, a large hope for, for the Canadiens back to the uh, second round pick in the 2005 draft, I think. Um, and uh, never really reached his potential, but uh, a favorite of, of RDS. You'd always find him in the Stars column, irregardless of, of uh, how he played. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I say the only player to play uh, with the number 84 uh, for the Canadians, but that's about to change um, maybe tonight against... The Toronto Maple Leafs, and and that's just a bit of a tease. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get that to that in the, the roster news in a minute. Yeah. So, uh, well, we have a big episode coming up, so we'll give everyone a little rundown here. Here in segment one, we'll get things started off with our week in review. We'll let you know all the memorable highlights from this week, and then give you all the updates on the roster. As you know, there were many trades that went down, and also a few injury updates to get to as well. After that, we have our Habs prospect report, and then a little bit of hockey news to end segment one. In segment two, we have our big topic discussion, 
Jumpstart the Rebuild, featuring Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, providing in-depth coverage on the trade deadline. You'll get their reactions, their expectations for the rest of the season, and uh, a little bit of a way-too-early uh, projection for the Habs decor going into next season. And that will bring us to segment three, where we will update you on all the content available at allhabs.net. And uh, we also want to hear from you. Our question of the week is, are you happy with the return for Archery Lekkonen? Make sure uh, you go to our Facebook page, All Habs, and uh, leave your comments uh, and answer that question. We also have some questions that came through via email and text, so we'll go through, answer those, and then to end things off, we'll get you all set for the next week. So, Rick, if uh, people want to interact with us here, uh, how can they do so? On Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, all Habs, at all Habs, all one word. You can reach out to us, or as you said, um, you can reach out to us via email, info at allhabs.net, or via the Rocket Sports text line, 24 hours a day, 5853-ROCKET. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website, canadiansconnection.com. So now it's time for our weekly review. We'll go through all the memorable moments for the Canadians this past week. Make sure you check out all the comprehensive game previews and post-game reviews for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. So to start things off, last Saturday, March the 19th, Montreal gets five and Ottawa only gets one. There were five different Habs goal scorers that took advantage of some shaky Ottawa goaltending. Uh, Evans, Byron, Caulfield, Armia, and Kulak were the goal scorers in this one. We had uh, Jake Evans, uh, Yol Armia, uh, Jake Allen. Uh, it was an episode where the Jakes, uh, a, a game where the J- Jakes performed very well. Um, Evans and Allen getting the first and third stars. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know the the Canadians. I I, I seem to think that uh, they took uh, advantage of of the goaltending of the Ottawa team. Um, you watch the the Senators a little more than I I do. Uh, perhaps uh, what, what was your your conclusion in that particular game? Uh, Ottawa's just not going well. I guess they're going through a bit of a rough patch here with uh, injuries. Matt Murray has been in and out of the lineup through injuries and other various reasons all year. Philip Gustafson, who was in net for that game uh, last season, towards the end of the season, he looked great. He looked like someone that could be a starter, but uh, so far this year, he's struggled with his confidence. So mm-hmm. right now, I think Forsberg is the only Ottawa goaltender that is, I guess, playable in the NHL. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We'll move along here to... Uh, March the 21st, Boston gets three and Montreal gets two. It was an overtime game. Uh, The game was basically neck and neck, but the Bruins came out on top. This was uh, the first game after the trade deadline, so it was a little bit emotional for the team uh, to say goodbye to some fan favorites and whatnot, but uh, Montreal held it together. I think they made the game pretty interesting. Allen looked strong in this one again, and uh, David Savard scores in his return to the lineup after being injured. Yeah, it was uh, obviously the, the the Canadians were were awful in the first period, and and uh, as you said, kind of uh, an emotionally ridden day. Um, uh, Marty St. Louis said they shouldn't have games on the trade deadline day, um, and uh, it took them a while to get into this. But um, as it got 
moved along. It was obviously uh, helped by the uh, historical rival, the bitter rivalry between the Bruins and the Canadians, and and the Canadians were able to get in to that game. And uh, unfortunately, it was old foe Brad Marchand that uh, uh, made the the Canadians uh, pay. And he mentioned, you mentioned Jake Allen, um, um, uh, played well, um, and but it was a Brad Marchand referenced a save that Jake Allen made, a glove save that he hot-dogged. Let's be honest, he hot-dogged. Brad Marchand didn't like that and said he was determined to score on him in overtime, and he did, um, to give the Bruins the victory. I do love me some quotes from Brad Marchand. Uh, (laughs) I love the rivalry there, so it's always fun to see these two teams play. Uh, then uh, on March the 24th, uh, Florida against Montreal. It's a return of Ben Chirot, whose first game against Montreal since being traded. Uh, the score was close, but uh, just about everything else was pretty lopsided in favor of Florida. Uh, shot attempts were 62 to 35 in favor of Florida. And again, Allen looked great. I'll also note that uh, Ben Chirot played 22 minutes of ice time and he put up an assist. Yeah, it was um, it was dominated by Florida and uh, high danger scoring chances. Nineteen nine for the Panthers, as you said. Jake Allen looked very good in in this one. Um, although he had uh, the goals that were allowed, you know there was some criticism there, but but for the most part looked very good. Um, it, it was interesting because the Panthers had been off for five days, so they looked rusty at times as well. Uh, they were trying to integrate three new players, Robin Haig, uh, uh, the least uh, of maybe of, of the three, uh, Claude Giroux uh, in a, a, an important spot, and Ben Sherratt, who was clearly the best player on the ice uh, on Thursday night. Um, he looked great with Mackenzie Wieger, um, even though he had been out for uh, longer than, than five days as he had been held out of the lineup uh, for the Canadians heading into the trade deadline. Um, and the Panthers are an impressive team and they're going to get better once all of those new pieces start to gel. Um, but the Canadians kept it, kept it close and a very entertaining game. Yeah. Uh, for this one, obviously Montreal is at the bottom of the league, so it is nice that they held the score pretty close. I'll give them full credit on that one. And uh, I think uh, this one would maybe be more about the moral victories if you want to find some positives there. For sure. So the Canadians' record currently is 17-37-10. They remain 32nd in the NHL. I also have some good news, bad news for Habs fans uh, with a 4-3 shootout win on Friday night by Washington. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have now been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. It's official. We we knew it was coming, uh, but with the Canadians <laughs> off the ice on Friday, they uh, and and by virtue of of the Washington Capitals uh, shootout win, uh, the Canadians have been eliminated. Uh, and no no surprise here. But I will say uh, that it's the earliest that the Canadians have been eliminated from the playoffs since 1967. Uh, And so that's just a reminder of how difficult this, you know, there's been some seasons, uh, tough seasons uh, in in the 2000s, but this is by far uh, the worst season that that the Canadians um, have uh, had uh, since 67. Um, 
I guess just to put it into some context, the Canadians were eliminated from the playoffs last season on July 7th, and, uh, <laughs> and that, as it turned out, and now uh, as, as early as March 25th this season. I think it's time for some roster news, uh, injuries, transactions, and signings. On uh, the injury front, uh, several players were added to the lineup this past week after recovering from injuries. Uh, Josh Anderson returned to the lineup versus the Senators, so it was pretty important for him to come back uh, as uh, we had a few trades that uh, happened in the coming days. Yeah, his presence was certainly uh, needed. Um, didn't uh, didn't play all that well and received some criticism, but uh, he'll he's a streaky player, uh, very inconsistent. So he'll have a time, uh, some time to get a, a streak together before the end of the season. And as I had mentioned just a little bit earlier, David Savard returned to the lineup against the Bruins. I uh, also mentioned that he scored in that one. Uh, so it'll be nice to get a good look at David Savard under the new coaching staff and uh, give him a fair shake for this season. That's right. And things have completely, he said it himself, things have completely changed since he was last in the lineup uh, and given an opportunity to uh, get back in there and and uh, and and prove to the the new coaching staff uh, and the general manager that he is, can be a part of of uh, the solution uh, going forward. Tyler Pitlick made his Canadians debut against the Panthers. He was part of the Toffoli trade. Uh, he was held out of the lineup until now. I personally thought he might have been uh, used as trade bait, but uh, he'll be uh, staying the season here in Montreal. Injured uh, when he arrived and, and has been uh, only only ready to return uh, against the, the Panthers. Um, kind of nice, uh, both uh, Tyler and Rem did a press conference together and talked about um, their family and talked about their grandmother. And now that they are uh, were able to be uh, in the lineup, although they said Tyler's a bit older. Rem uh, always looked up to him, uh, but Tyler... Uh, uh, said that Rem has a little bit more skill, so they're not going to play together for now because uh, Rem finds himself a little further up in, in the Canadians lineup. Yeah, Rem's looked great so far. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Druin returned to the lineup versus the Senators. Uh, he played two games, and now he's placed on IR and is out indefinitely. A curious case to Jonathan Drouin. Uh, it's been an awful season for him. Um, he, uh, when he returned, he had a wrist injury. When he returned, um, he spoke uh, very highly of um, uh, being excited about playing for Marty St. Louis, uh, the kind of player, uh, the kind of coach that a player uh, like Drouin should be able to thrive under. Um, but we also remember this, he said exactly the same thing about playing for Dominic Ducharme, given that Ducharme was a junior coach and he was promised all kinds of wonderful things that, uh, those never came to pass. Now, uh, after two uneventful games, um, uh, Joanne, uh, first of all was kept away from the team because, uh, there was a close contact of his that had come down with COVID. Um, and then it was announced that he had, an upper body injury placed on IR and will be out indefinitely. 
someone else who's going to be out uh, for at least another week, uh, Brendan Gallagher. He was injured against Dallas, and uh, it's, it's too bad uh, that he got injured there. I think I had already mentioned he was starting to look more like himself uh, in the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, probably one more week. Um, uh, he won't uh, travel on this uh, four-game road trip coming up, uh, so uh, we'll likely be out another week. Ryan Paling has skated on his own. Uh, he will be out at least another week as well, uh, but uh, it will be nice to get him back in the lineup. Uh, he's someone that I always enjoy watching. Paling was great, having a very good season, very strong season. Um, and uh, ditto, uh, same applies as applied to Gallagher. He will not travel on the, the Canadians' upcoming four-game road trip. The big man himself, Carey Price, uh, he'll remain at home with illness. Um, unfortunately, there hasn't been any good news about Carey Price in the last little while. Well, uh, there has been uh, very good news that, that Carey Price had been uh, part of uh, regular practice, had been part of game day skates, uh, and seemed to be making remarkable progression uh, with his knee injury. Uh, but that was derailed a bit this week. His uh, children, uh, um, it's uh, been reported that uh, they have an illness, um, foot and mouth disease, and that apparently that's uh, spread to the family. So Carey Price kept at home uh, just as a precaution uh, so that that's another uh, non-COVID illness uh, that they don't want uh, uh, transmitted through the team. So let's hope that that once that clears, he can come back and can continue the trajectory because I think everybody's looking to have him back in the lineup. Uh, Jeff Petrie will be out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Uh, Petrie was playing great the last few weeks as well. Um, It's pretty unfortunate that he's gone down. He suffered a, a lower body injury in the third period against the Florida Panthers. Uh, didn't play the, the remainder of the third period. Um, and the report on Saturday morning is that uh, he'll be out indefinitely, not yet placed on IR. We'll see how long that keeps him out. And uh, finally, Kale Clegg, uh, he attended an optional practice in a non-contact jersey. Clegg was uh, picked up off of waivers. Uh, he played a few games, actually looked pretty decent. Seems like fans were liking him quite a bit. Uh, but he'd been injured ever since, uh, so this is a nice step forward. Hopefully we can get him back in the lineup soon. Clegg took off that non-contact jersey, played in a regular, uh, um, participated in a regular jersey in practice on Saturday. Uh, so that means that he's um, closer um, to his return. Although the Canadians have quite a few defensemen now. Uh, we'll see if he can get back in the lineup. But um, Clegg and uh, Justin Barron, the newly acquired Justin Barron and Matthew Perot will not play against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. But it does look like William Lagason will make his Canadians debut wearing jersey number 84 that we referred to at the start of the show. We'll uh, now go through all the trade deadline transactions uh, now that you've mentioned William Lagason. Uh, so we will get more in-depth in segment two uh, when Amy Johnson steps in. Uh, for now, I'll just go through everything that went down. So Andrew Hammond uh, was traded to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Nate Schnarr. Uh, Hammond uh, wanted another chance to play in the NHL, and uh, Ken Hughes did him a little bit of a favor there, Mm -hmm. sending him over to New Jersey. For sure. 
And uh, Brett Kulak was traded to the Edmonton Oilers for defenseman William Lagason, a conditional 2022 second-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick. So that's a nice return for Kulak. Uh, I would not have thought uh, at the beginning of the season that he could bring back such a haul. The very uh, the, the the critical part of that uh, trade is that second round pick either in 2022 or 2023, uh, but a nice piece uh, with with 26 uh, year old William Lagason coming back that they can uh, plug into the lineup uh, as the, the 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 season winds down for the Canadians. And the big trade, uh, Arturi Lekkonen was traded to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for defenseman Justin Barron, uh, 2024 second-round pick. And, uh, well, Barron is a former first-round pick in uh, 2022. He'll likely get into some NHL games at some point. And, uh, like I said, this is something that we'll get into a little bit more in uh, segment two. And, of course, our question of the week is, did you like the return for Arturi Lekkonen? So we'll get into that in segment three. My opinion is it's a big uh, haul for Arturi Lekkonen, and that just shows uh, the value of an Arturi Lekkonen uh, going forward uh, for a very good Colorado team. Uh, some had asked why 2024, uh, the second round pick. Well, partly because of the assets that Colorado has has available, but also um, Kent Gordon. Uh, Kent Gordon, Jeff H- Gordon, and Kent Hughes know the value. Uh, of spreading out uh, the uh, uh, picks because they want a, 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 a continuous pipeline of, of talent coming in. So uh, nice to get a, a 2024 piece in here. Yeah, I, I like that idea as fun as it is to, you know, some teams end up going into the drafts with like 13 picks. Uh, it's nice to spread that out a little bit and have some guys come in later down the pipeline rather than all at once. The other thing here I'll just mention uh, is that, uh, and and these the, these transactions uh, were the ones that happened on trade deadline day. We've already talked about the Ben Chirot piece. We've already talked about the Tyler Toffoli piece. Um but uh, the Canadians uh, retain salary. And I know that concerned particularly many of the fans that uh, are on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash allhabs. Why are the Canadians retaining so much salary this season? Really, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Canadians uh, are, 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 although they have uh, a high cap hit, uh, retaining that salary because the LTIR position is not a, an issue. So, uh, with the rules uh, as they are, uh, the Canadians were allowed to retain, retain uh, salary on three transactions, so they, they used all three of those salary retention slots, maximized it, uh, because you're allowed a maximum of 50% on each transaction. So 50% on, on Brett Kulak's uh, salary, 50% on Arturi Lekkonen's salary, and 50% on Ben Sherratt's salary, giving you uh, a total of 38 uh, two five million, and why that was this is critical is because as you uh, work with, as you negotiate with uh, playoff bound teams, those guys, those teams are in uh, cap difficulty, cap con- uh, under cap constraints. They need they need help in making those transactions work. Um, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon did a great job in um, making use of. Of the rules, uh, the the, uh, the the salary retention uh, rules. Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, hanging on to a little bit of salary also helps you maximize the return on some of these guys. For sure. Uh, 
I don't think any of them are signed past this season anyway. So I think that's just the right thing to do. You do those uh, playoff teams a favor and uh, you hope that you can get back a little extra in the return. And that's, that's a, a key point. Uh, the Canadians um, responsibility ends at uh, the end of this season with respect to salary. Exactly. So now it's uh, time for our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Laval Rockets record is currently 29-21-3-1, which is 12th in the AHL, so they're moving up a little bit. This past week, uh, on March the 19th, uh, Laval and Hershey faced off. Uh, Laval gets five, Hershey only gets one. So that's, uh, as uh, Laval's continuing a bit of a homestand here, they have had a little bit of success as of recent uh, history. Uh, they scored four goals in the second period, and this one to lead them to a victory. Uh, Paquette scored his first goal for the Rocket, and uh, Poulin uh, backstopped the team to victory. Yeah, the Canadian, the uh, Laval Rocket are they're in a tight, tight, tight battle. Um, if you look at the standings, um, uh, NHL uh, viewers may not remember or realize that uh, for the AHL, there's a variety of uh, all of the teams, even if they're in the same division, may not be playing the same number of games. So you have to sort by points percentage, and that makes this race between slots two to five, very, very, very close. And on the 23rd, LaValle faced off against another team that's right in the thick of it, uh, Belleville. And it uh, was a shootout loss for LaValle. Uh, it was a tight game. Uh, it was one-to-one uh, coming out of regular time, but uh, Belleville pulled ahead in the shootout. Primo looked solid, and uh, Paquette got the lone goal for LaValle. Paquette has been... Uh... Uh, he's looked good. He's he's been a nice addition to the Laval Rock, uh, the Laval Rocket roster, and uh, uh, seems to be comfortable with the move. And uh, I've got a little bit more Paquette here as this goal streak continues. Uh, Laval gets five, and uh, well, they win on the twenty fifth. Uh, Paquette's goal streak uh, continues. That's I believe four in three games, and uh, Poulin once again looked really good in net uh, as they came away with that five to one victory. Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, are struggling mightily um, this season and uh, didn't look that good in, in this particular game. Um, and so uh, the, the Laval Rocket just rolled. Um, and uh, as you said, uh, Paquette, uh, he's contributing again. Who knew? Uh, yeah, exactly. Never thought I would say that on a podcast, to be honest. <laughs> So the next game uh, comes March the 26th. That's uh, today, Saturday, against uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton here in Laval. Uh, let's see if their point streak can continue. That's right. And, and for uh, all the coverage, make sure you, you uh, go to AHL.report, AHLreport.com. Uh, you'll have all of the game recaps there. Our, our, our Rocket Sports team, uh, Amy Johnson, Chris G, um, will keep you up to date. And also uh, make sure you listen to the Press Zone. Uh, There will be a new edition of the AHL Hot Stove uh, coming out on Tuesday, and you can find that wherever you find your favorite podcasts. For sure. We also uh, have some Habs prospects outside of the AHL. I'll start uh, with uh, Logan Mayo. 
Uh, he may be done for the season as he considers getting shoulder surgery. Uh, the London Knights uh, announced that he will be out indefinitely. Uh, the 18-year-old first-round draft pick has nine points in 12 games this season. He's been looking really good. Very strong season. Um, unfortunately, um, he was uh, he, he now... Uh, the team reports will consider uh, whether to end his season for um, shoulder surgery. Um, he had, uh, uh, I'll just read uh, the quote from um, London Knights GM Mark Hunter, quote, it's not looking good right now. He has undergone several tests and is talking to surgeons. Nothing is 100%. We're waiting for his final decision. Uh, the issue is that um, he had a separated shoulder in a fight um, against Wind Windsor Spitfires forward uh, Pasquale Zito. Um, in, um, back on March 6th, uh, a loss against Windsor. Um, in the fight, uh, Mayu, uh, he's left-handed. He, he was fighting. He felt his shoulder pop out. Uh, he switched to his right hand to continue the fight. And then, uh, as, as happens, there was some grappling. They fell to the ice, and Zito landed on his shoulder, causing possibly causing... Uh, further damage. So uh, the issue is that, um, you know, he, he, he had to sit out the first part of the season, uh, took some time to get back in and, uh, and was playing very well. Um, but to surgically repair his season, uh, his shoulder, he's going to be out four to six months now. It's probably best to do that now uh, so that he's ready for the fall, but uh, it's not the decision that, uh, any young player wants to make, um, and uh, uh, he certainly wants to continue uh, playing. Um, a quote from his agent, uh, Dylan Liptrap uh, of Cortex, by the way, uh, Kent Hughes's former uh, agency, uh, is, quote, I know he's really disappointed. He wanted to play and help the team, and he feels like he's letting the guys down. Well, unfortunately, uh, can't do anything about that, and will probably miss the rest remainder of the season. That uh, sounds like a bit of a rough go there. You never want to see a young player like that get uh, injured, especially for that amount of time. Absolutely. So we'll move over to the NCAA. Uh, Montreal Canadiens have a number of different prospects uh, that are currently playing in the NCAA. Uh, seven of them uh, begin the 16-game uh, regional tournament. Uh, four prospects remain. Blake Biondi from UMD, Brent Stapley from Denver, Ty Smilanik from Quinnipiac and Rhett Pitlick. And yes, that's another Pitlick in the organization uh, from uh, Minnesota. Yeah, so um, Rhett Pit Pitlick uh, playing for Minnesota. Um, his team uh, won a 4-3 uh, overtime decision uh, over Massachusetts. Uh, they'll play against Western Michigan. Western Michigan was the team that eliminate, eliminated uh, Northeastern, Jordan Harris, uh, Jaden Struble. Uh, in, in a bit of a controversy, it was reviewed in overtime, Western Michigan winning that 2-1. So those teams, Western Michigan, Minnesota, will play on Sunday. Uh, regional final for a berth into the final four. Uh, uh, Blake Biondi for uh, Minnesota Duluth UMD. They'll play against Denver. Uh, that's Brett Stapley's uh, team. Um, and uh, Quinnipiac, uh, the final uh, of the the final game to be played in the, the semifinal. A great game. Watch that on Friday night. Um, and uh, they won 5-4 over St. Cloud, another Minnesota team. 
Quinnipiac and Ty uh, Smolanik is going to go up against the powerhouse that is Michigan, of course, with those seven uh, first-round picks in the lineup. Uh, they eliminated American International 5-3. So uh, that game goes on Sunday as well. Um and unfortunately, Harvard, uh, Sean Farrell was eliminated uh, by Minnesota State. The Mavericks uh, beat Harvard 4-3, to and uh, they'll go up against uh, Notre Dame uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and the big news there is that, uh, well, the season has ended for Jordan Harris. So Elliot Friedman had reported that Harris will likely sign a two-year ELC with the Montreal Canadiens in the coming days. So that's some uh, good news. Uh, we might have a chance to see him suit up for Montreal this season. For sure. Um, this is tough. This is really tough. Uh, Jordan Harris captaining uh, the Northeastern Huskies was expecting to go to the, the, the Frozen Four. Um, and it kind of reminds us of Cole Caulfield, devastated that uh, Wisconsin uh, 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 last year wasn't, wasn't able to go. And uh, it takes... It takes these young players uh, uh, some time to uh, adjust to the emotions of that. These are the the guys that, in in Jordan Harris's case, he spent four years at Northeastern. He was the captain, um, and uh, but we're expecting the announcement to come uh, any day in the next couple of days. That, uh, as Elliot Friedman said, he'll be signing an entry level contract. It's a two year entry-level contract rather than the traditional three. That's because um, he turns 22 on July 7th. That uh, being 22 before September 15th gives him that option of signing a two-year, and and certainly why wouldn't you? Um, and because he spent four, the full four years in the NCAA. He'll also, by the way, graduate with his bachelor's degree uh, in the next few weeks. So busy time for Jordan Harris. Um he was the third round pick, uh, 71st overall in the 2018 draft. The Canadians, remember, um, with Mark Bergevin, there was lots of worry uh, among the fan base. Uh, I, I seem to, uh, I remember saying that that it was uh, a lot, a lot of ado and about nothing. Uh, he turned down an, uh, an invitation to join the the Canadians last season. Uh, at the same time, Cole Caulfield got his invitation. He wanted to go back. It was important to him to get his degree. It was important for him to be a captain. Uh, he's done all those things, and now um, uh, he'll he'll have the opportunity of, of joining the Canadians as they finish the season. But give him some time, lots of emotions, uh, especially in, in an overtime loss in the regionals. Yeah, I think that's a certain amount of maturity on his end, uh, taking the time to go back and get his degree and uh, spend a season being the captain. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do at uh, the NHL level. I'm sure there'll be some adjustment, but uh, that'll, that'll be nice to get him in a Habs uniform. For sure. So now it's time for uh, our Habs news and uh, I guess news from around the league as well. So to start uh, the NHL uh, general managers meeting in Florida on Monday and Tuesday, they will discuss uh, a possible fix for the LTIR loophole. Uh, Tampa has made this loophole famous after last season. Uh, now we're seeing other teams starting to use this loophole as well. Uh, the Golden Knights are currently doing it. And uh, Rick, uh, what, uh, what's your impression on this? You know, this was, um, when was it, 2015? Patrick Kane, kind of the Chicago Blackhawks were the first ones to kind of make use of this. Let's let's be clear right off the hop. 
They're not doing anything illegal. Uh, I, I heard that often uh, from the Canadians fans uh, during the playoffs last year when the Canadians were, were facing uh, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the final, a roster uh, bolstered by uh, Nikita Kucherov, who had uh, spent the, the, the entire season on LTIR and then returned for the playoffs. LTIR applies to the regular season, doesn't apply to the playoffs. Uh, and the Canadians fans were upset that a roster at times had, um, you know, $89, $90 million worth of, of players uh, in, the, in the lineup. Um, unless, you're, unless you're a very good team, it's difficult to do that. It's difficult to take advantage of that so-called loophole. Um, but it, it isn't as simple as applying uh, the... Uh, the salary cap throughout the playoffs uh, because the Can- the uh, play the playoff bound ros- uh, teams um, rosters expand. We know the Black Aces, all those kinds of things. So uh, there's going to have to be some sort of hybrid kind of uh, decision if this goes through at all. I-, I think there's eight or ten general managers that would like to see it happen. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that would only be the first hurdle uh, in the, the discussions on Monday and Tuesday in Florida uh, by the general managers if they're able to get it. Because then this is a, this is a CBA. Uh, this would be a, require a change to the CBA, and they'd have to negotiate with the NHLPA to, to make it happen. So I don't know if there's, uh, there's enough to, to, to make it happen. And there's, uh, you know, in the... Um, the general manager's meeting. There's other issues as well. Um, I think probably more pressing and, and more current uh, is the no trade lists uh, to try and, and address <laughs> what happened with uh, Dadanoff, that debacle uh, from the nullified Vegas Anaheim trade um, and the, the whole issue of involving uh, NHL central registry and, and whether that should be on file. Uh, this seems to be um, not only Ottawa uh, uh, didn't follow through here, but uh, the NHL Central Registry should uh, uh, have have notified uh, Vegas. But anyway, that's another issue that will be uh, dealt with. And uh, there was, uh, I think it's also going to be announced, there's been some reporting, Chris Johnson, one of them, that next year's salary cap will jump uh, by $1 million to 82.5, which is good news because it has remained plateaued uh, the last uh, the last couple of years um, uh, during the pandemic. So um, there's going to be lots to talk about whether or not um, the LTIR loophole gets uh, 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 gets endorsed or not, we'll, we'll see. The other bit of NHL news that happened this weekend, we, it had to wait until, we knew it was coming, but, but it had to wait until uh, the trade deadline had, had passed before it was announced. Uh, and that is that the Carolina Hurricanes signed Jesperi Kokinemi to an eight-year contract. Uh, there was some on the, on, in the, the French media who were saying, oh, they're, the, the Carolina Hurricanes aren't happy. Uh, with Kotkaniemi, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, the, Hur- the Hurricanes are making Kotkaniemi central part of their uh, future, uh, their their roster going forward, uh, signed to an eight-year deal at 4.82, the 8-2, you know, they like that number thing, his, uh, <laughs> his number, $4.82 million uh, per season. 
Yeah, and uh, I've talked to some Carolina Hurricanes fans about this, and uh, they all really like this player a lot, so most people are quite happy with this deal. Um, I think to an extent, giving that eight-year term, that maybe puts the dollar amount down, and uh, buying in on them early enough like this, uh, again, that's, uh, that's only going to help them keep uh, the dollar amount down so that they don't end up having to sign up for a lot more money later on. And this this is uh, 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 the value of... Kotkaniemi, again, um, we knew that was uh, going to be the ballpark for his value. The 6.1, there was was a a purchase cost in there. That was a a cost of acquisition built into uh, uh, the Carolina budget for this year. That was never going to be his salary going forward. That was only so that they could um, discourage the Montreal Canadiens from matching the offer, which they did. Uh, and we're able to get him at a reasonable price uh, for the next eight seasons. Yeah, and I don't, I can't speak for everybody, but I personally am happy for uh, Isperi Kokaniemi. So good for him, and uh, wishing him all the best over in Carolina for sure. So I think now's the uh, time to take our break here on Canadians Connection. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from our sponsors, and then after that, it's our big topic segment. Amy Johnson will step in uh, for the discussion entitled "Jumpstart the Rebuild," trade deadline reaction, and more. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, Welcome to the second segment. Yes, new voice for this segment, just for this segment. Uh, I'm Amy Johnson, uh, your host for this segment. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And hey, while you're doing the following there on Twitter, make sure you follow this podcast at Habs Connection. Uh, You can do that on Facebook. You can do that on Twitter. You can do that on Instagram. And, of course, bookmark our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, either in the player on the website or in your favorite podcast app, and join us every Saturday. Rick, it's good to be here. Good to have you here. You and Michael had a robust first segment. Oh, lots of news. It's been a busy (laughs) week. Very busy week. Tell me about it. I know. It's crazy. Um, But I'm happy to, uh, and Michael's going to be back uh, in the third segment. So Mm -hmm. we're just, we're giving him a little break, a little breather. 
get some water. Maybe he's, maybe he's having a snack. Does he know that he needs to bring snacks to the studio to share? He should. Okay. Put that on the list of, you know, he's got to bring snacks. Uh, but in this segment, we're going to cover the big topic, uh, calling this the jump start to the rebuild. Um, and, and in this segment, Rick, we're going to take a look at um, not breaking down the ins and outs of every single trade that was made by Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon uh, leading up to the trade deadline, but really taking a look at the returns that they got on Monday. Uh, in particular, the player returns that they got on Monday um, and kind of uh, take a look at how they're going to help now, how they're going to help in the future uh, and kind of just overall what we think about it. So we we talked about um, a bit of an analysis on uh, the Press Zone uh, podcast, our sister podcast we did. Uh, that came out on Tuesday. And for Canadians Connection subscribers, you may have noticed that we just dropped the Press Zone podcast into your feed in, right. um, just because we thought it was important for you to uh, to have uh, that came out a day uh, right after, 24 hours after the, the trade deadline. Uh, so you may have heard some of that already. If you haven't, uh, go uh, look for the Press Zone podcast uh, put up by Rocket Sports, and uh, and you can have a listen to that. And and we're going to take more of a, a big picture uh, view. We've had a week to to ruminate and think about um, uh, the 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 trade deadline and the returns, and and uh, we're going to do kind of a big picture look here. That's right. Um, and uh, I'll just follow that up with one other note. You can find that at thepresszone.fm, mm-hmm. and we had a, actually uh, by dropping that episode into our wonderful Canadians Connections uh, subscribers feed, we had a really tremendous response from Canadians Connections subscribers uh, in listening to that show. So it seemed like it was a pretty popular episode. So if you are a Canadians Connection listener and you're not yet subscribed to the Press Zone, I invite you to do that today. Uh, Rick and I host that every single Tuesday. It's a great way to get some midweek uh news and and updates about the Canadians, but more importantly about the Laval Rocket and prospects in the organization, like draft picks, like uh, prospects that come back and trade. So just wanted to make that. This is an organization now that's going to rely heavily on its draft picks and prospects. And that's what the press zone is all about. That's right. Uh, Also in this past, uh, because we're going to talk about a couple of these guys coming up here, some of those pieces that came back uh, on Monday, maybe are not as familiar to uh, NHL fans. And in our AHL hot stove segment this past Tuesday in that episode of the press zone. Patrick Williams joined us as Rick likes to call him. He's the AHL guru and he gave us uh, some great insight on guys like Nate Schnarr and Justin Barron and how they've performed in the AHL this season. So another great reason to go listen to that episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's start with um, what I thought was um, kind of a, I don't want to say a no brainer trade, but it was just one of those things that, um, Kent Hughes could have let slip by the wayside, but it was an opportunity to to take care of a piece of business and get something in return for it without giving much up. And that's Andrew Hammond, the goaltender, uh, traded away to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, best of luck to him. Uh, and in return for that, uh, a, a top forward uh, 
prospect for from the New Jersey Devils. His name is Nate Schnarr. Uh, if you follow the Laval Rocket at all, you'll recognize that name from uh, this year. Now, of course, the Utica Comets, uh, one of the top teams in the American Hockey League this season. Nate Schnarr playing one of his better seasons in the AHL. Before that, you might have recognized him as as one of the roster names for the Binghamton Devils. Um, Rick, this is uh, Nate Schnarr. When I spoke to him uh, last week, just uh, sorry, earlier this week, right after he joined uh, the team in Laval and was getting ready to make his debut with the Rocket, uh, just a really upbeat, personable guy. Uh, He was napping when the call came through that he had been traded and his roommates were uh, once he woke up because they had a they uh, Utica was supposed to play a game on Monday night. So he was taking his pregame nap. He woke up and his his roommate said, you got to call the GM coach. They, they, they need to talk to you. Um, so off he went to Laval. He seems very excited to join Laval. Uh, he's obviously familiar with their style of play, having played against them quite a few times this season. Um, in his 45 games played for Utica this year, 13 goals, 13 assists for a total of 26 points, and he's plus 13 on the season. Um, Nate Schnarr is a is a solid uh, addition to Laval's lineup. J.F. Uhl uh, was very excited to, excited to get him into the lineup Um and was pleased with his first performance on Wednesday night. Uh, he was uh, centering a line with Cedric Paquette and Jesse Ullinen. And I'm going to say that again for everyone. Jesse Ullinen. <laughs> we asked uh, the young uh, Habs prospect forward to properly pronounce his name for us because there's so many different variations. And that is the official official response we got. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Nate Schnarr is already uh, two games in, and he's already looking like a solid addition for Laval coming down the stretch here. So I think uh, he's got uh, some potential to to get a look in the in the NHL perhaps. Uh, but but for now, very solid addition at the American League level. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, uh, Nate Schnarr, um, a member of uh, the Utica Comets, which is, as you said, a top team, top three all season, top three, top four um all season long. So coming from a, a winning program um, and uh, will be relied on, I think, uh, in the top six for uh, Laval um, and uh, 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 has played two games already and, and hasn't looked uh, out of place at all uh, for Laval. Um, there's also a connection there with uh, uh, Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two cross paths played together uh, in the OHL with the Guelph Storm, and and there was some uh, texting back and forth um, uh, with those two players, and and uh, uh, they have some some history together. Um, so I, I think it was for Andrew Hammond who uh, came in in difficult circumstances, uh, gave uh, the Canadians exactly what they needed uh, at the time. Um, and then uh, Kent Hughes said, uh, wanted to, to uh, give back a favor to um, Andrew Hammond, allowing him to get in some more NHL games uh, this season uh, with New Jersey. Um, it, it and and with the Canadian situation, Andrew Hammond now isn't Jake Allen back. Andrew Hammond not uh, uh, not needed, and so it just uh, worked out quite nicely for uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. Absolutely, I think it was a good trade uh, for both teams, 
and I'm looking forward to seeing what Nate Schnarr does to assist the Laval Rocket as they continue their push towards the playoffs. Uh, then uh, on the back end, Brett Kulak was traded away. He was traded to the Edmonton Oilers for, uh, there were some picks. There's a conditional 2022 second round pick, a 2024 seventh round pick, uh, but the more immediate impact is uh, defenseman William Lagesson coming back from Edmonton. Uh, Rick, it looks like he could be making his Montreal Canadiens debut tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and I think, uh, you know, good luck to Brett Kulak. We like Brett Kulak. He's a solid, dependable, serviceable, uh, you know, bottom, you know, bottom pairing defenseman, uh, but very replaceable. And I think this was, in, particularly to get that conditional second rounder in 2022, uh, it was a good return for Brett Kulak. And uh, William Lagesson, just a bit more bit more size and certainly a little bit of experience. And I think uh, I think Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes did a good job uh, getting maximizing a return for Brett Kulak. Brett Kulak returns uh, home um, and... Uh, uh, to the Edmonton area, and uh, the key piece, as you said, is the conditional second-round pick. It'll either be a 2022 second-round pick or a 2023 second-round pick. That all depends on what's going to happen uh, with uh, the Duncan Keith trade. There's some conditions there that will impact, um, but a second-round pick, nonetheless, um, that's a pretty healthy return for for uh, Brett Kulak and Ligason is a, a serviceable player who's uh, able to be slotted into the, uh, the Canadians lineup. He's 26 years old. Um, he's, he's split the season between the Oilers and their AHL affiliate, uh, the Bakersfield Condors this, this season. Um, and, uh, you know, there is there, he's one of those group six guys uh, who could become a um, unrestricted free agent. Uh, by the, he's restricted, uh, but could become an unrestricted free agent depending on uh, if he meets a, a game's threshold. Doesn't look like he's going to meet that. I don't think that bothers the Canadians. Um, and uh, probably not a guy at 26 years old that's part of the Canadians' future. Uh, but listen, he can come in, play some some minutes, and um, um, yeah, he's he's uh, he likes the physical play, uh, has a bit of an edge. We saw when the Oilers played uh, the, uh, the Canadians earlier in the season, he got involved with, uh, Josh Anderson. And so, um, just a nice, uh, nice, uh, guy that you can fit into the, the lineup when you need him, uh, for the last 20, less than 20 games as we end the season. Absolutely. Now, uh, Arturi Lekkinen, it was a big question, you know, as, as much as Ken Hughes kept saying, no, 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 I'm not shopping Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, you knew he'd been saying all along that if the right offer came along, he would pull the trigger on a trade for for just about anybody on his on his roster. And it, kind of in the 11th hour, that's what happened with Arturi Lekkonen. Uh Hughes said later in the day that as of 1 o'clock, uh, two hours prior to the trade deadline, uh, Arturi Lekkonen was still going to play in for the Canadians on Monday night. And then within those last two hours, uh, the Colorado Avalanche came in and swooped in with an offer that he just couldn't refuse. And I think it was a very good one. Uh, another second rounder. This one uh, is for 2024 for the Montreal Canadiens. And then uh, basically a first uh, getting a former first round pick, a 2020 uh, first rounder 
in defenseman Justin Barron coming back. This is a, a very big return for Arturi Lekkonen, basically getting a first and a second. Um, and Justin Barron uh, was not sent to the Laval Rocket uh, like Nate Schnarr was, even though Justin Barron has played the bulk of this season with the Colorado Eagles in the AHL. Uh, he was um, papered to the AHL on Monday, meaning that uh, a paper transaction was made to send him down uh, and and then recall him again uh, so that he is eligible to play for Laval down the stretch and into the postseason, uh, which they obviously intend for him to do. Uh, he has not yet suited up for the Canadians, but it looks like, Rick, for now, they're going to keep him with the NHL team and just uh, do a little evaluation at the NHL level. We want to see what they have. A very good return, as you said, essentially a first and second round pick. It's kind of what Hughes said. He wanted to be blown away by an offer. Uh, this is a, a excellent return for Arturi Lekkonen. Uh, Justin Barron... Um, you know, maybe in his draft year uh, might have slipped. He had a, a blood clot in his arm and, and that might have uh, uh, brought him towards the end of, of the first round, but still a, a very good uh, prospect. Um, Justin Barron, the Colorado didn't want to part with him, but uh, had to in order to, to uh, secure Lekkonen. Um, he's, uh, Justin Barron's game is, is based on his skating. He's speed all the time. Um, and he's got good size, not a physical player, uh, at all at this point and not necessarily an offensive player. He uses his speed, uh, to separate himself from, uh, four checkers, uh, to go back and retrieve pucks and, um, just, a, a very good prospect, uh, some development to do yet. And, uh, as you said, the Canadians are going to keep him around. Uh, for a bit uh, to see what they have, uh, probably get him into a few games, uh, and then uh, get him down to Laval, where he'll be uh, a huge addition uh, to their uh, postseason uh, playoff uh, run. Absolutely, it's. Uh, I'll be excited to see to see how he performs. Of course, you know it's never easy to see a talented player leave the organization, and and uh, it's you know a bittersweet goodbye to Arturi Lekkonen, uh heading to Colorado. I think Colorado fans were beside themselves with excitement to get uh, to get Lecky coming back. Uh, he has not yet played for Colorado. Uh, apparently they are uh, just still trying to get some uh, immigration and, and work visa paperwork straightened out. So he hasn't debuted for the Avs yet, uh, but we're looking forward to, to seeing what he and the Colorado Avalanche can do uh, heading towards the Stanley Cup playoffs. But fans aren't the only ones who are already missing Arturi Lekkonen around the Canadians' uh, dressing room. Uh, of course, um, Rick, you had you had pointed out uh, earlier this week that Brendan Gallagher had a very kind of bittersweet goodbye to his his best friend Arturi Lekkonen. And uh, when asked this week, Jake Evans also had uh, some poignant words for his friend. It was tough. Uh, he's been one of my closest friends. Uh, the past few years and um, like you said he's been someone you can look up to just how hard he works how dedicated he is to this game and um, yeah it'll, it'll be uh, tough not to have him around but I'm like I said to him when when he was leaving I'm excited to watch him play on a great team and have a great chance to win a cup almost had a chance to win a cup last year um, in July uh, and 
you know, in, in no small part due to Arturi Lekkonen's uh, mm-hmm. overtime game-winning goal against Vegas that, that carried the Canadians into the Stanley Cup final. Um, Jake Evans very close with Arturi Lekkonen, um, and uh, Arturi Lekkonen had a, a profound effect on uh, Evans, and uh, um, Lekkonen has been the most consistent Canadians player all season long. Uh, hardest worker, um, and and has has uh, always been uh, defensive, but it found some offense uh, this season. Um, Brendan Gallagher, uh, sa- as you mentioned earlier, said that uh, Arturi Lekkonen was his best friend on the team. Um, his uh, Instagram uh, post said said this quote. Well, champ, it's been a hell of a six years. The alliance has never been stronger. Go get that cup. And remember what we've preached for years, integrity over everything. Mm. Won't be the same with here without you. Uh, so until we cross paths once again, clear eyes, full hearts. Um, and the Colorado Avalanche uh, responded to that and said, we promise to take great care of him. Uh, he's going to be a great addition. Um, the perfect, I, I mentioned uh, on Tuesday's podcast, uh, the glue guy, uh, the guy who can uh, play anywhere in the lineup, the guy who's going to play on your penalty kill, um, and who's always going to give you a, a full effort. One of the smartest players on the Canadians, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he deserved uh, a, a huge payday for for the Canadians uh, in return because he, a very very valuable player. Absolutely, we wish Arturi Lekkinen all the best, and yes, I think that uh, it's safe to say that he'll have a lot of Canadians fans rooting for him in the postseason <laughs> once uh, once Montreal is no longer playing. So I just to look at that. That and remember, we remember. In addition, prior to this week, there was uh, what the return that came for Ben Chirot, the return that came for Tyler Toffoli, mm-hmm. um, and in total, I, I think Canadians fans were were very positive about uh, the the and 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 it's framed that uh, uh, Ken Hughes's first uh, trade deadline day. Uh, was was excellent, but but let's not forget. Um, we shouldn't forget that this is a duo. This is both Kent Hughes uh, and Jeff Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, and there's only one of them who's been through this before, been through a trade deadline before as a general manager, and that's Jeff Gordon. Uh, so the two of them, uh, Kent Hughes was relying on um, the experience of Jeff Gordon, uh, the contacts of Jeff Gordon. Uh, Kent Hughes has spoken to general managers before, but in a much different context, in an, let's, let's be honest, an adversarial kind of context mm-hmm. as a player agent. Um, so this, this, you know that, that uh, Jeff Corton was, was very involved in this. Um, well, Hughes even said that he, it, the, the, the joking response that he got from more than one GM uh, in this process was, Oh, really? So now you think the salary cap matters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great response and relates to um, how a player agent sees uh, the negotiations with general managers. Interesting for Canadians fans. Uh, I saw more than one on on Twitter say, um, you know, now all the teams are going to be rushing uh, to hire player agents as their uh, general managers. Well, not quite. Although, uh, Bill Zito, former, uh, player agent is mm-hmm. doing a great job in, in, in Florida. 
Uh, but I think we, we have to remember that, that this combination that, uh, Jeff Gordon has, uh, has been through this. Jeff Gordon has also been through a rebuild, right. uh, with the New York Rangers. And we talked about that last week with Alan Krita. Great interview. You might want to go back if you missed it and, and listen to, uh, episode 183 of the Canadians Connection, CanadiansConnection.fm. Um, the other thing I'll say here is that, uh, perhaps the only criticism of, uh, the pair of them is that, Listen, nothing's easy when you're when you're negotiating. Nothing's easy, but um, these were the easier moves that the Canadians have to make in this rebuild. Um, that that there are difficult contracts, uh, bad contracts that that uh, uh, the two inherited from Mark Bergevin, and they didn't deal with any of those this time. Uh, perhaps more difficult negotiations, and and maybe in the summer. Uh, the, the, the Byrons and the Armias and Druan, um, uh, Hoffman and, and, uh, Jeff Petrie, as we've talked about before. Um, so nothing's easy, but, but, but the, don't expect, um, as, as successful as, as, uh, Kent Gordon and Jeff, or sorry, yeah, but I'll just <laughs> put them together. Kent Jeff Hughes, Hughes and, and Jeff Gordon. Gordon. Right. <laughs> um, don't expect them, t- the moves to happen as easy in the summer because those are the more difficult ones to mm-hmm. do. Um, but those are the necessary moves to free up the cap space to allow them to be players in the, in the free agent market this summer. So, um, that's, that's kind of an overview and, uh, an evaluation of, of, uh, uh, the trade deadline and, um, and very successful, but a lot more work, uh, is necessary to be done. That's right. It's really only the first piece of the puzzle, uh, this summer's free agency, more potential trades and the draft, uh, are the next big pieces of the puzzle. So still a lot of work to do, uh, and it's going to be exciting to watch it all. So, but with that, uh, uh, and I know that uh, you mentioned this with Michael Spinella in the first segment that uh, the Canadians have been mathematically uh, eliminated from any potential to to make the postseason in case that was ever in, in question. question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly it's been entertain. It's been much more entertaining the past month to watch the Montreal Canadiens than it was the entire first half of the season when it was it was literally a chore to have to watch this team night in and night out. Um, despite that, they are still struggling. They're still last in the, in the, in the league. Uh, that hasn't changed um, because, you know, of course there, there, there's so many pieces missing. There's so much rebuilding and, and re uh, reshaping that this new management team and coaching staff have to have to do. Um, so really, what do you expect from the Montreal Canadiens for the rest of the season? Well, uh, Paul Byron actually was was talking about that this week, and he has uh, what I actually think are pretty good ideas on what fans should expect. You know, uh, putting the past behind us and, and focusing on, on the future is a, a big part of our team going forward and, you know, just kind of forgetting, you know, what we were like in November, December, January and, and really focusing on, on building a good brand of hockey that uh, we can be proud to play night in, night out and, you know, people are, are proud to watch. Building a good brand of hockey. I, mm-hmm. I think that's... Uh... You look at this past week, uh, as we did in the first segment, uh, the Canadians um, won against Ottawa uh, quite easily and, and then lost two games. Um, but the, the two games they lost against Florida, against Boston, 
were entertaining games. The Canadians were were in those games. They were. Um, that's that's I think uh, what we're going to see um, in in the final uh, in the final games of the season. Uh, as we move out of March and into April, that they want to be competitive. Uh, we heard a lot this week about um, how uh, they believe, you know, no matter if they're going into uh, games against Florida and Boston and Toronto, um, Carolina uh, next week, some of the best teams in the league, they believe that they can win. Um, and you could see that that under Dominic Ducharme, uh, who had clearly lost the room? Um, they didn't believe that they, you know, they were they, the um, lopsided scores that were happening um, earlier in the season just aren't happening now. As the Canadians are, uh, they may not have the talent in the lineup, but they they uh, believe that they can compete and and uh, have been doing that so far. And and hopefully, uh, as they as we move uh, to the end of the season, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a competitive team um, with some young talent thrown in yeah. for uh, evaluation. That's what I would like to see. I mean, um, you know, I even I even responded to a, a comment on the website uh, today with this that. Right now, there is literally no hope for any chance of the playoffs. Uh, now is the prime opportunity to give your young prospects the chance to get real NHL playing experience and make mistakes to learn from them because the mistakes, uh, there is no 33rd place in the NHL. It doesn't get worse in the standings. So you've got nothing to lose. This is the time when there isn't anything else on the line to let your young prospects learn screw up, make mistakes, show their weaknesses, and then learn from them and spend the summer working on them and come back with the experience and confidence and already three or four months ahead of the game, ready to go in camp uh, this coming September. So that's my hope. This is, to me, this is a prime opportunity to allow that to happen. Absolutely. Um, so what you know kind of shifting that focus now we're talk we've talked a little bit about uh potential prospects justin barron is a new piece of the puzzle on the back end that as we said they're going to kind of test the waters with him in the nhl for a little bit but we can be sure that we're going to see him in laval at least for the playoffs um Jordan Harris, I know you spoke about this. Uh, Jordan Harris is probably going to be signing his ELC with the Canadians at any moment uh, in the next week. Um, and so he's likely on the way. That's two very young, high upside uh, defensive prospects. Um, so, Rick, I know, I know, I know it's early. No, we can't do this. It's too early. We're going to do it. No. I'm here for the second segment. And we're doing it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, this uh, things we have seen in the past, you know, you don't, you don't, this is all kind of just a, it's almost like fantasy drafting, mock, mocking things up because we know the off season could completely turn everything on its head. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's coming in the off season, but right now, if you took the current back end, the prospects in the pipeline, what could potentially, maybe, sort of, the blue line for the Montreal Canadiens look like next year? Well, he was joking. He knew 
<laughs> he knew it was in the agenda. Yeah. Rick and I are going to talk a little bit about who we think right right now. This is barring, of course, any moves and acquisitions that get made over the summer. But right now, what would we like to potentially maybe see the blue line for the Canadians look like in the fall? Um, this isn't this is harder than than it sounds, to be honest. But um, I'm hoping that it's actually. You know, yes, you need some strength and some experience back there. Uh, Jeff Petrie is not going to be part of the picture come next fall, I don't think. No. Um, and so you've lost Sherratt, you've lost Petrie. Um, sorry, but I don't want to see David Savard back. I just don't. Um, you know, maybe if he has to stick around as an extra defenseman, I'd be okay with that, but... Hoping not. My, I've really been impressed with the strides that Romanov has made this season. No, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's not a veteran, but he is showing a bit more maturity in his game. His physicality has just absolutely ramped up. Um, and I think I'd like to see him and Edmondson together on the top pairing. I think they would balance each other out pretty well. Then bring in, you know, we've seen how good Caden Gooley can be. Uh, he's having another great season um, in the CHL. Uh, so I think Caden Gooley could make the step, and I think he could he could really push for a roster spot in the fall. I'd love to see maybe him and Barron together, because Barron's got a little bit of that pro experience. Um, Jordan Harris, I think, will be in the mix. Um, and then, you know, kind of what combination of, you know, maybe Kale Clegg, who's actually been a decent waiver pickup. Uh, will William Lagason stick around Corey Schooneman as kind of rounding out a little bit of the experience on the, on the bottom of the pairings. Um, and then we'll talk about prospects in a minute, but that's, that's at least for, for the, for the six, you know, active roster defensemen. That's kind of, for me, Rick, that's kind of what I see. You know, maybe we get a Sammy Niku or a, or a Matthias Norlander uh, or, or a, something in there not maybe as a look maybe as 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 a call-up but that's kind of what i see well it's it's interesting it's as as you look and and yes there are so many moving pieces um the 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 defenseman that's talked about most in the french media right now doesn't even doesn't even have a spot on the Montreal Canadiens, and that's Chris Letang. No, thank you. And the French media are absolutely um, sorry, wetting themselves about <laughs> uh, about um, it's a natural. Ken Hughes, former agent of Chris Letang, it's a natural. Bring in um, Chris Letang, and you've got your top pairing uh, oh, right you. defenseman. I understand the Canadians have a lack of of defensemen on the right side. You made that point uh, going mm-hmm. into the trade deadline that uh, they needed to uh, acquire uh, talent on that side. They did in, they did. in Justin Barron. Um, but that's why the French media is talking about Chris Lutte. I don't, other than that connection, I don't understand why the Canadians would be interested in Chris Letang. Um, you're going to be paying way um, too much, seven or $8 million, um, for a 34, 35 year old. Um, 
You're and, trying to and, shed bad contracts. And on a rebuilding team. Yeah, you want to give your young talent uh, the, the best opportunity to, to get good experience. And, and that doesn't happen if you bring Chris Letang in. Um, I, I, I really don't, don't think so. Um, and, and that's, um, for me, uh, that's why you would keep a David Savard is because he's okay. on the right side. Yeah. Um, I don't think David Savard fits the kind of mold that the way the Canadians are wanting to play you, but but it's it's interesting that I th- I think you know David Savard was out for a long time came back this this past week and he was a different David Savard than he we've has seen. Been. Um, he was feisty against uh, the Florida Panthers and of course, like having, where's that guy been? Well, uh, having played on on uh, Columbus and and uh, for a year uh, part of a year. Uh, in in uh, Tampa um, and into the play, there was a, a, obviously a rivalry there that that he was a part of. He doesn't like the Florida Panthers; that was mm-hmm. clear, and he was stirred up and was stirring up uh, um, incidents that night. Um, so, you know, can he be a stabilizing factor? Be a right pairing defenseman? Uh, for the Canadians next season, and and is it easy because it would be difficult to trade him and get good value for him? Um, yes, probably, and that's why I see him being part of the the picture. Even though, as I, I state again, uh, I agree with you. He's not. He doesn't fit the mold of what uh, the way they're trying to play. Um, but Savard and Rom- Romanov, uh, like you. Uh, it's. I think we're seeing a whole new. The physicality is still there, uh, but we're seeing a whole different. Uh, um, he he has he has uh, improved by leaps and bounds this season. Alex Romanoff. Uh, what I'm very yeah. impressed with is his ability to move the puck and make smart decisions doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, so next season, if if um, Romanoff and Savard can can. Uh, uh, line up as a as a pairing as they seem to have some um, a, a bit of comfort doing that or Romanoff with Ed, with Edmondson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, he he needs that kind of um, defenseman who's who's uh, going to give him some um, be an experienced defenseman uh, to give him some maturity. Let me. Ju- um, I just want to just want to yeah, tag onto that to say I think the big key thing in looking at the potential for Romanoff going into next season is Romanoff is one of the few players on the team who didn't suddenly kick into a new gear after the coaching change. He has been one of the few, very few players who's actually shown really good qualities all season. Mm -hmm. And I think that bodes well for him next year. Although we know that he didn't have the, uh, the confidence of Dom Ducharme, um, but he does of uh, Luke Richardson and mm-hmm. and uh, and Luke has helped uh, helped him enormously. Um, y- you mention uh, Jordan Harris. Jordan Harris, uh, of course, expected to sign that contract. Um, Justin Barron, even though he is an excellent skater, um, is more of a, a stay-at-home kind of guy. Uh, and and it would be a nice matchup to have Jordan Harris, a puck mover. Uh, with him, uh, I, I think that would be would be very interesting to see. Um, although, as you said, Caden Gooley, uh, they've had some experience together, so mm-hmm. uh, there's there's another good matchup there. Um, the the 
pieces, the immovable pieces in the lineup are going to be in the defensive lineup, Romanov, Edmondson, and Savard. Although we saw how much time Edmondson missed this season, if his back issues flare up, uh, that might be a problem going forward. The, the moving pieces on the bottom are going to be Gooley, going to be Harris, going to be Barron. Um, but, but what a nice uh, group of young players uh, mm-hmm. to give them uh, a lot of experience. Uh, the wild cards uh, that can come in and fill in, we've seen Corey Schooneman do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this season, Corey Schooneman is, is an RFA at the end of the season. Um, and and that uh, I, I think the Canadians have been been, been happy with him being a, f- a fill in. Yeah. Um, what's going to happen with Jaden Struble? He's the forgotten northeastern that's, player. Well, that's true. Um, he's unlikely to go back for a, a final year and could also sign an ELC. Is is uh, he, he would have uh, an opportunity to have some? He's not as ready as Jordan Harris opportunity probably to play with Laval, but we'll see if, if he gets a call up. Uh, Logan Mayu injured right now, but has in the games that he's played uh, has looked very good. Um, will, has he played his last game in the OHL uh, and would he be slated for um, Laval next season? Matthias Norlander, um, there was a lot of, of expectation of him at the last camp. Mm-hmm. Um, has he, he made a, a, a jump, the, the step? He, he doesn't have that North American experience, which seemed to, to bother him last year. Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, Kent Hughes has talked very positively about Arbor Jackai turning pro. Arbor Jackai mm-hmm. um, is now with Hamilton and, and uh, should have a... Uh, went from Kitchener to Hamilton uh, in midseason and, and should have a good opportunity to uh, uh, have a playoff run, and we'll see how that helps him. With Jan um, Mishak. And, and that's right. Um, the, uh, Gianni Fairbrother uh, has played uh, 25 games or so. This ran into some injury problems. Josh Brook, really tough, just four games this year. Sammy Niku, where, where does he fit into the puzzle? So... There are uh, a number of players. There's a lot to choose from uh, that uh, that could fill in, and uh, and you know uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, with Shea Weber's contract, and and we're going to talk about that in some uh, fan opinions in in the third segment. But that's also uh, going to factor into not suggesting he's coming back, but how that money is able to be used uh, in the rebuilding of uh, the defense core. Absolutely. I think it's, I know I said this last week, but it's, it's just, there's a lot of potential right there. Um, and there, there has been, despite the fact that everyone likes to, uh, likes to kind of dump all over Trevor Timmons, uh, there, there is a good stock in the prospect pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, bringing Baron in, uh, at the trade deadline just takes that to another level. Uh, and I think, um, you know, the defense in Laval has been very good this season, but it's also been one of the areas that has been, uh, most challenged due to injury and call up. There is, it's, it's thin in terms of prospects. It's been a lot of 12 Riviera guys who are filling in back there. I think this next season, both the Canadians and the Rocket are going to have a really good class of prospects 
on the blue line, uh, which is something I'm excited about because we haven't necessarily seen a full cupboard of prospects just waiting uh, at the AHL level for their call-up. So I think there's a lot of good things coming. For sure. All right. Well, we are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Thanks so much for having me in for the second segment. I am going to uh, hand the co-host seat back over to Michael Spinella after this break. So up next, uh, you and Michael are going to talk about the replies to the question of the week, gets to some fan correspondence, and so much more. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net. Your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 184 of Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Um, please make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website, canadiansconnection.com. You can also text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. So welcome back to uh, the podcast, Rick. It's segment three. How's it going? We're we're rolling along. It's a, a a busy show indeed. And now it's time to hear from our fans. Yep. And uh, first, I'll just uh, give everyone an update on all the new content available on allhabs.net. Uh, first, I'll let you know about our Habs notepad. So every Monday, Chris G puts out a notepad on all things Montreal Canadiens. So he'll get you all set up for the week and review everything that happened in previous weeks. 
Also, we have Habs headlines, so stay up to date with all the brand new Habs news. There has been no shortage of stories for this organization this year, so make sure you check out all that. We have uh, all the details available there. We also do game day previews and recaps, so every game day at allhabs.net, we will give you a preview to prepare you for the game, and we'll also give you a game review. We'll give you a recap. If you like the game or you miss the game, you can check up there, and we'll let you know everything that went down. Plus, we've got some very exciting content available uh, on YouTube. Uh, please search All Habs on YouTube. Please subscribe, and every Thursday, you don't want to miss out on the Habs Hockey Report. You just heard from her in Segment 2, but it's hosted by Amy Johnson. She'll release uh, new videos every single week. She'll give you all the updates on Habs News. Uh, You can interact with her using the comments section. Please send in questions, and she will make sure she answers them week to week. This past Thursday, Yessi Ulanen, I believe that's how you pronounce it now, uh, was interviewed by Amy, and you are not going to want to miss out on that interview. We learn all sorts of great things about this Habs prospect. You want to know about Habs prospects, and uh, and the best way is to to get um, exclusive interviews where they talk more, where it's where it's more than just uh, what happened in a particular game, but give you some some background. Uh, and yes, uh, one of the with with this week's guest, uh, uh, Amy promised uh, to have exclusive interviews. This was the first. Yesa Ulanen. That's how you say his name, Yessa Ulanen. That was the first piece of business uh, to confirm with him. An exclusive interview uh, on his name and so much more, and you're, you're not going to want to miss that. So go to youtube.com slash allhabs. Also, if you want to know more about prospects, please listen to The Press Zone. A new episode drops every Tuesday. Uh, we'll give you all the updates on Habs prospects, uh, Laval Rocket, and everything AHL. This coming week, we have uh, AHL guru Patrick Williams joining for an AHL hot stove segment. Uh, Rick, is there anything you can tell us about uh, that episode? Patrick Williams uh, joined us uh, the, the most the current episode, the last episode uh, to talk about all the the activity on trade deadline and how it involved uh, some prospects. Uh, so he gave some opinions on on Justin Barron. And his brother, who is also uh, traded uh, on the same day, which was uh, interesting. So you're going to want to go to the press zone, the press zone dot uh, fm uh, to uh, to to listen. One of the, as we mentioned last segment, one of the benefits uh, for Canadians connection subscribers you want to be subscribed is that we we dropped into your feed uh, last week's episode of the press zone so that you could uh, hear about. Uh, the, uh, the 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 prospects in a little more depth, um, and so that you could have it at within 24 hours of of last week's trade deadline. Upcoming, uh, we're going to, uh, um, as we mentioned on last week's uh, episode, Monday is the AHL trade deadline. So uh, any activity that happens, uh, we'll be breaking that down on uh, the upcoming episode this Tuesday on the Press Zone. Yeah, uh, I believe I accidentally said that uh, the hot stove was this coming week, but uh, you're right, Rick. It, it was this past week, uh, so the last episode uh, from last Tuesday. So uh, now uh, we'll get into our question of the week. Uh, are you happy with the return for Arturi Lekkonen? I'll uh, hand it off to you. 
Arturi Lekkonen uh, has become, Arturi Lekkonen uh, was uh, kind of undervalued, underappreciated uh, in the past. Uh, but this season, because he's, uh, as I said last segment, been the most consistent player, uh, has become uh, one of the more loved players uh, on the Canadians. And uh, we saw that on our Facebook uh, uh, are the official Facebook page for All Habs. That's facebook.com slash All Habs. 50,000 of you, 50,000 Habs fans participate there. If you haven't, go to facebook.com slash All Habs. Like the page and, and you'll receive the notifications. Uh, and on our uh, Arturi Lekkonen post, um, most... Uh, I'll, I'll read a couple of comments. Uh, Danny Lausanne says, uh, the coach's dream player. We know uh, Marty St. Louis was very upset when uh, Ken Hughes gave him the news that Lekkonen was traded. Danny says, we're going to miss Lekkonen. Absolutely. Um, David Williamson said, I watch Barron here with the Halifax Mooseheads, a very good skater, puck handler. Um, Ryan War- Warnholt says, a heck of a return for uh, Leckie. I'm very disappointed he's going elsewhere, but win him. Wish him all the best. I hope he wins a cups, cup with the Avs. With the, Avs. The, the Canadians won't be in the playoffs. Uh, some Canadians fans are still going to be watching the playoffs and, and will be cheering on Lekkonen, uh with uh, Colorado. Um, George Haynes says, I really like Leckie, but at least now he can get a chance at the cup. We got a, a fair return, a defenseman, and uh, and a second-round pick. So, uh, and let me just take one more. Shirley Blanchett says, we're going to miss him. I thought he was a great player, and good luck on your new team, Lecky. It's nice to hear some positive uh, responses to that. I wasn't too sure how Habs fans were taking it, uh, but, uh, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that was said there. Uh, wishing Arturi Lekkonen all the best. I hope he gets a cup with Colorado, and uh, it's bittersweet to see him leave. Absolutely. So we also had some questions come in uh, through uh, tweets, uh, texts, and emails. Uh, Rick, uh, what were the questions? Well, well, there was a number of, of questions, uh, both email, both uh, and and uh, on our text line five eight five three rocket about Colin White. Uh, we're going to get to that in a minute, but first, I'm going to read uh, an email that we received info at allhabs.net from a uh, regular listener uh, to our podcast, Dino, uh, who says, "Salubi and Sharami, question for your podcast this afternoon." Uh, this was received this morning. Do we trade away our captain, Shea Weber, to clear cap space? It would be trading his contract, and and we know that uh, Kent Hughes said he tried to do that prior to the dra- trade deadline. Um, we know that, uh, that um, uh, Arizona took on Brian Little's contract uh, to get them up to the cap floor. Uh, whether there was other teams uh, that were interested or not, we don't know. But it, it sounded like Kent Hughes was going to return to this uh, in the summer uh, to uh, remove that LTIR from, from uh, going forward. Uh, from the um, and, and we've talked about why it would be an advantage uh, for teams uh, in previous podcasts uh, to, to get that, the cap number uh, uh, to bring them to the floor, but, but very relatively few dollars uh, going out um, in the payday. So to continue Dino's email, he says, uh, yes, do we, trade away, do we trade away our captain, Shay? I think you know what I would say. Never in a day. Uh, it's dishonorable. 
Um, some things are more important than cap space, and this is one of them. Cheers. Have a great show, uh, and your friend, and uh, a great email. And, and um, it's not all about uh, the money. He said it's important to keep Shea Weber, uh, let him uh, retire as uh, a Montreal Canadian. We'll see what, uh, what Ken Hughes thinks about that. But we always appreciate hearing from passionate fans, particularly folks like Dino, who uh, he, he never misses an episode. Yeah, I, I like that email quite a bit. Uh, it, it's going to be something to watch out for. Uh, I know Arizona, as you mentioned, is always looking to take on, uh, I guess, cap space, or uh, sorry, taking on big contracts uh, to help them reach the cap floor. So it'll, it will be interesting. I'm not too sure uh, what to make of this one. Well, it's not going to be easy for Kent Hughes to, do, to trade in the summer, but he's got a big job and, and that's one of his goals. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I believe we had uh, some questions about uh, Colin White. Uh, Was there a a specific uh, email for that one? Well, we've got a bunch, as I said, uh, a whole bunch of texts and and, uh, emails saying, what's going on with this Colin White? We hear reports in the media that uh, the Canadians were very, very close to landing Colin White at the trade trade deadline. Didn't happen. Uh, Why would the Canadians be interested? What's happening? Is it something that's going to be revisited? in the summer and uh our we've got a lot of sharp listeners out there and they want to know what's going on with uh the ottawa senators forward colin white well it's uh, been a number of seasons now where uh, the talk over in ottawa has been potentially buying out uh, colin white's contract Uh, actually ken hughes was the one who negotiated this contract for colin white uh, with ottawa but uh, originally he was signed for a six-year contract so far, Colin White is somebody that has not really lived up to his potential. He's a former first-round draft pick. He uh, captained Team USA at uh, the World Juniors at one point, actually led the team in points. But uh, since coming to the NHL, it's been a little bit of a different story. Um, right now, it's it's not a very good-looking contract, uh, whether it's just that he's not a fit with Ottawa or maybe it's just injury after injury. But uh, Ottawa has been looking to do something about this contract um this past trade deadline uh, i was hearing some reports that maybe he could get traded and that uh, montreal is a team that's interested so from montreal's perspective colin white is still a very serviceable nhler maybe his contract doesn't look great but uh, perhaps a, like a fresh new start for him could see him maybe reach that potential that he had before obviously Kent Hughes is very familiar with this player so I can see why there would be some interest there and then uh, if you're Ottawa like I said they've been looking at potentially buying him out um, you know what making a trade might be an easier solution here but uh, I would imagine that any trade that would see Colin White going to Montreal would likely see a either you'd have to put in some sweetener or Montreal would have to send a bad contract the other way. Yeah. Colin White. Um, there, there's, as you said, a, a first round pick way back in, in 2015, but he's 25 years old now and hasn't uh, lived up to that hype. He he's, can be a scoring threat. He's a responsible player in all zones, uh, responsible defensively. Um, he's the kind of player that's a, uh, uh, a real puck possession kind of player. Um, and uh, and he has the 
um, potential of, of making an impact uh, on a lineup just hasn't hasn't done that. Uh, probably a, a, right now a third line center with with Ottawa, and um, you know if if you go on to any of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, fan forums. It's what are we gonna do about Colin White? And and we just stick a Montreal Canadiens uh, player's name in there, and and uh, you get the sense of of what uh, uh, the the frustration level I think is with uh, Colin White. However, um, there was a poll done uh, of uh, how many about five hundred uh, Ottawa Senators fans. Uh, the question. This is a recent poll. What should the Senators do with Colin White? 50% said keep him, uh, barring extreme circumstances, I guess, a, a trade offer there. 30% said keep him if he shows more than what he's shown so far. So that's 80% of the respondents say keep him. Uh, 6% say uh, trade him for a bigger contract. Uh, an, another, I, I think what they meant to say there was another bad contract. 14%, just 14% say buy him out. Um, so there is some frustration, um, but you can, you can, you know why there's been all this discussion. Kent Hughes, as you said, uh, he's currently represented by Cortex, Cortex, but, uh, formerly by, uh, Kent Hughes, uh, as his, his personal agent. Um, so maybe Kent Hughes can see past, uh, can see more potential and see past the, the difficulties. And as you said, uh, the the injury situation um, that uh, that he's run into um, it's 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 going to be interesting and and I've said I don't I don't see that happening unless the Canadians uh, can get rid of uh, one of their bad contracts and the one that that uh, keeps hitting me over the head is Jonathan Drouin who's never lived up to uh, his five point five million dollar contract uh, maybe uh, for both players. It's a uh, new environment, uh, gets them uh, back onto uh, the, the, the track that uh, where they can be contributing. Colin White, um, $4.75 million, uh, and that contract goes for three seasons beyond this season. So it would be a commitment if Kent Hughes decides to go down that path. Yeah, and I believe after the trade deadline, what Pierre Dorian had to say in regards to Colin White was, he is still here. So certainly uh, the relationship between uh, Colin White and the team has uh, soured. Um, Dorian's the one who gave him that contract, and uh, the fact that it doesn't look very good, uh, that leaves me to think that uh, Colin White likely will not be a senator past uh, this offseason. But uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. We'll see if Montreal gets involved. I know he's someone that uh, fans like quite a bit. He's well-liked in the dressing room as well. Uh, if you ever want to have a good time, go to Colin White's Instagram and just look through all the comments. You can see all his teammates uh, just chirping him. It's uh, it's a good time. But uh, uh, this will be something to watch out for. Uh, I can see this discussion coming back up uh, as soon as the summer. And thank you for all the fans that uh, reached out to us uh, send us an email, info at allhabs.net. Sent us uh, a text on the Rocket Sports text line, 5853 Rocket. We're happy to get into these uh, discussions initiated by you, initiated by the fans. 
Yep, I love hearing from all the listeners. And uh, since it's been a bit of a lengthy episode, I'll uh, just get you all set up for the week here quickly, and uh, I think that should wrap it all up. So coming up, uh, so tonight, Saturday, March the 26th, uh, Toronto takes a visit to Montreal. So division rivals, it's always fun to see these two against each other. And then on the 27th, so uh, that's... uh, Two games in two days. Uh, it's uh, New Jersey. Montreal's heading out to New Jersey, and they'll face P.K. Subban and the Devils. And, yes, P.K. does remain on New Jersey's roster. Then on the 29th, uh, well, Ben Chirac cannot stay away from Montreal. Uh, Ottawa, or sorry, Montreal heads out to Florida uh, to face uh, Ben Chirac and the Florida Panthers for the second time in two weeks. And finally, on the 31st, uh, Montreal heads over to Carolina to face uh, K.K., uh, for the first time since he's signed that long-term deal. Tough week for Montreal. They've got Florida, Carolina, and then um, uh, one week from now it's Tampa Bay. So it's, uh, yeah, they've got their work cut, cut out for them on the road. Yep. Uh, so I believe that's uh, that'll be all for us today. Uh, please make sure you head over to allhabs.net to check out all those uh, game day previews and post-game reviews. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe to Canadians Connection on whatever, wherever you get to your podcasts. Uh, you can share uh, the podcast on social media as well if you liked what you heard today. Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, we'll see you back here next Saturday, April the 2nd, uh, for another great episode. Thank you for listening to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.